Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, you're listening to 5-Minute Folklore with me, Bob Shoy. It's been a long time since I posted a new episode, so I thought I'd bring you all up to speed uh, as I've received a few emails asking when more are coming. Well, I previously said that I was planning to end the podcast, but also that I wanted to work on a few more final episodes. But since then, my studies have really taken up like a lot more of my time. And I also kept promising myself that I would work on more. But 5-Minute Folklore is the most time-intensive of the podcasts that I make. So unfortunately, there won't be any more episodes now. But I thought I would record this short final episode to say thank you and goodbye. And I'll talk to Rick and Rebecca shortly, who have both really helped me out with this series as well. I really hope you've all enjoyed the episodes that I've made. Uh, This podcast has been an incredibly rewarding experience for me. It was a project that I started all on my own as a way to work on something creative at a very transitional time of my life. When I started 5 Minute Folklore, my original podcast, Weird Tales and the Unexplainable, had already been nominated for an award at the British Podcast Awards the year before, and it won a bronze award for most original podcast, which was amazing um, for three friends who recorded in my kitchen. But when 5 Minute Folklore was nominated the following year, it really did mean a lot. Um, because this was a project that I'd worked on almost entirely alone and it was much bigger in scope and more intensive to work on. Folklore stories change over time and from person to person and place to place so trying to write them and also staying true to the place of origin was a real challenge but a really satisfying one on the occasions when I felt like I really captured it. Honing in on the geographical aspect of the stories really unlocked the process for me, and including music and culture from where in the world each story originated from, and dedicating each episode to a different country, I thought made each episode more unique and immersive, and was something many listeners also seemed to enjoy. When I first came up with the idea, my partner, Rebecca, who is a graphic designer, was very supportive and helped with artwork, the website, and even did voice work. So I thought it would be nice to have a talk of her about that on this episode. So I'm here with Rebecca. Say hi, Rebecca. Hi, Rebecca. Very professional. Uh, so yeah, it's the final episode of Five Minute Folklore. I thought I'd have like talk to you. I'm going to talk to Rick as well on the episode. Um, 
So it's weird. I feel like I'm interviewing you, even though we live together. Um, so yeah, do you remember when I first came up with the idea for the podcast? Um, I can't remember the exact point. I don't think. Seems like a long time ago now. I remember working on the logo with you though, which was really fun. Right. Okay. So we'll come to the logo in a second. What I remember is we were living at our. Even though I didn't start the podcast till after we'd moved, I came up with the idea when we still lived in Stukeley, mm-hmm. in that old house. And I remember I, I came up with it when I was in bed. Oh, really? So I was laying in bed and um, I think it, it was a combination of me wanting to do something more... Creative. Yeah, I, I, I obviously Weird Tales have been running for a long time, the other podcast, which is very just like chatty. I wanted to do something that would help me learn mm. to edit stuff more and at the time the um folklore thursday hashtag was becoming really popular Mm. on twitter and i was seeing that around and i thought oh people like folklore stories i like storytelling um i want and i was getting more experimental on some episodes of weird tales i was putting sound effects and stuff in so i thought that might be quite fun Mm. and i it had been on the back burner from then and then when we moved i decided to really learn to use some more in-depth editing software and that's when i started putting stuff together um but yeah Mm. tell me about so you did the logo for the pod artwork yeah so you remember doing that um i think i think we we just kind of like we worked on it quite closely together didn't we because i remember you kind of like explaining (laughs) like what obviously like to reflect the concept and everything because i was being difficult because i told you (laughs) about what i wanted and then you showed me loads of roughs and i was like no (laughs) <laughs> you're, not, you're not getting it <laughs> but i think like we got like i really like the logo and i think we got there in the end and i really like how it kind of represents like it's so hard to encapsulate all of the like different countries and like folklores and things like that because they're so individual and different yeah that's interesting so we'll, we'll come to that in a second as well like how the artwork changed i forgot about that actually when i was making my notes for this but the initial artwork the plane the on the brown mm, like the book cover yeah so yeah. that was i said to you i remember these old story books i used to read when i was a kid at my grandparents house and i really wanted to give it that feel mm. but you hadn't read those books i wanted that same muted color palette with the like woven covers yeah like the fabric yeah, yeah. and i was trying to find examples of those old books and it was sending me down a nostalgia trip and i also said i don't want it just a font i don't want it digital i want it hand Mm. I want it intricate and like hand drawn. Yeah. I was getting very sick of podcast logos just being like a font. Well, I think the rise of like flat illustration, especially like how old is the pod now? Like three or four years, I guess. Five minutes. I think Rick said we started in 2017. So yeah, it ran for like three years and I haven't done anything for like a year. So yeah, like three or four years ago then. Yeah. Um, Well, like the rise of flat illustration is just massive anyway. But I think um, the fact that it was like, yeah, I do it by hand. We really worked on I it. I really didn't want like, that flat. Yeah. I really am sick of that. I like very hand, I like intricate stuff. Yeah, even though it's digitally hand drawn. Yeah, like well, I, but ske- it was I still kind of hand drawn. Yeah, well, I kind of sketched out like really roughly, and then I brought it into Procreate on the iPad, um, and then drew it by hand, like on the iPad Pro. Yeah. Um, and kind of like refined it, and like really, um, like worked into it for a little while to make sure it was good, um. And I think it just sets it apart from like all the others. It instantly kind of like stood out as a as an artwork because, um, yeah, it just kind of differentiated itself from like 
a lot of other podcast artwork at, at the time. Yeah. I remember saying to you, I wanted it to look very natural, which is why it has like the fabric look and the leaves and, and the like, colours of the brown and the green. And like the book cover, it's yes. like the logo is of the logo on yeah. a book. Because I wanted it to be like a st- yeah. storytelling. I wanted it to reflect the storytelling. So I think in the end, even though I kept quibbling and saying, no, start again. <laughs> in the end, it ended up exactly how I wanted it. And we actually ended up both being really happy with it. Yeah. Um, but then I don't remember who had the idea. I think you actually had the idea of like each one. You could take that overlay of the writing, the logo part mm. of it, remove it from the book fabric thing and put it over another image for each episode like represent and that's how i did the individual artworks so i would try and find they were they were fun coming up with they were an extra like pain to the process but it was fun to say oh well this is about like um sometimes it would just be like an iconic image so if you're talking about the zambezi river Mm. creature you just have an image of the zambezi river it's easy Mm. um but the more obscure ones yeah sometimes there was the one about the the creature that wanted to cut people's hair. So it was just like a close brown image mm. of someone's hair locks. Yeah. And things like that, or like the snake, the serpent. So it was like a zoom in on like scales of a, a snake. A bit more conceptual. Yeah. So it was fun to come up with those as well. Yeah. And also like have the image so that I guess it's hard as well because obviously the, the logo is super intricate. Mm. So like having the image behind not kind of like interfere or like obstruct the logo as well. Like mm. I'm always conscious of trying to make that work. It was good because we didn't really have all like our ducks in a row over when I started Weird Tales. It was just like we decided to do it with this. It was only the second podcast I ever launched. So I think we knew more like we want to get everything prepared and launch it all. So it was like everything, we had a trailer and the first episode and the artwork and the second episode was already to ready to go like to drop kind of a couple of days later and it all really worked out with the launch because it ended up i remember the basically the day it launched it was on the featured on itunes which was really yeah cool. we got on the front page of itunes which yeah. was awesome it was like a pick in the guardian on the guardian website for a new podcast pick um so it really launched really strongly which i was so happy about and then you got nom- and then it got nominated at the yeah, pod awards exactly so within the first year we got that nomination Lots which of was like, awesome nice recognition um and we had already been to the podcast awards with weird tales and that was nominated yeah. so that was amazing but this one almost felt a bit more special because it was something that mostly i'd worked on on my own I think people don't realise like how much effort goes into podcasts, but also like how much of your podcasts you do yourself. Mm. And there's no big editing crew, there's no big editing suite. You kind of made a lot of this like in a t- like in a tiny room, like by yourself, like doing all of the foley and and um, all yeah. of the editing and the voices. We've kind of just like begged stilled and borrowed like people um we know that's true when you say about the foley uh all the sound effects on five minutes so i do use stock but i tried to always make if i could create it myself at home i did so i think i when i had less time later on in the run i would rely more on stock hmm. but at the beginning i really tried to use as much foley as possible like creating my own sounds and hmm. um, so that was fun but when was that the pod awards you know there was people from like the BBC big and like big, big oh, brands. Who, and who do you work for then? I'd be like, I make this in my spare room. Yeah. And it was really kind of rewarding. Um, but yeah, that was a really fun night. 
It's um, it's fun and disheartening at the same time going up a bit against those like big guys. Yeah, I had no, I had no expectation to win anything. It was just very satisfying to be nominated in a very like tough category. Yeah, really tough. Fiction's a very tough category with like proper studios making very professional sounding stuff. So that was incredibly rewarding. And uh, yeah, like it was obviously one of those guys was going to win, but we still got to go and have a fun night in London and have drinks on their bit on their on their dime and everything. It was really fun. Um, So yeah, so do you? I feel like the uh, the British Podcast Awards there should be like a non studio award. Well, I think I think there may even be a homegrown award, something like that now. Yeah, there should because it it really um, there's a big difference. Mm. So wasn't long i think it might have even been the first episode mm. which was the second episode i made the first episode that I launched, switched order, yeah. where i said to you um can you help me out can you do a voice for me <laughs> and you were sort of like oh i don't know i said don't worry like the voice i'm using this i'm putting like all this sort of sound like modulation effects. and stuff on it you're gonna sound like an old crone it's all right oh thanks so you sort of did it as a favor and then i was like actually i need another voice for this episode as well <laughs> so yeah was you reluctant to start doing, doing voices on the show as well yeah no i was reluctant because i don't um i think everybody on the planet will be like i don't like my voice yeah but like, has their own voice. um but it's not something that i'm um interested in at all like mm. voice art like voice artistry or anything like that i would never um even consider it for myself um so i think i was like oh god and also just like getting getting it right but i also really wanted to um help as much as possible with your passion project it was harder than i thought to get people to agree to do voices near the beginning Mm. Uh, i thought yeah i'll have different people on every episode different people voicing every character it's gonna be really fun and when i started as soon as i started i was like okay this is impossible. And the first episode I made, I ended up doing all the voices myself and I wasn't very happy, which is why it didn't get launched first. And I'll be honest, when I think back, I'm like, well, if some someone else was doing it, I wouldn't want to do voices on their show. I'd be very like self-conscious mm. about it. And actually, my own, I only use my own voice for the characters on the show when they're very heavily sort of got heavy effects and stuff on them, mainly because I'm narrating it anyway, so it's distracting. Yeah, but. there's also like that, like you can get too much kind of an echo chamber or whatever like yeah. it's your voice narrating and then your voice of the characters and, yeah and that and it becomes like you need that um like kind of spark and injection of other people's like um involvement for the voice to make it more interesting so i did have other friends on the show occasionally and family members you've got like a really nice one i really like the one with your granddad actually yeah because I, since, I talk about that on on this episode actually yeah because since um since recording that, unfortunately, he's passed away, yeah. and it's nice to have his like voice. I think that's the rarest thing to have of people. I well, think as as like a legacy, well, a on, snippet of their voice. He's on two episodes, and I've got my cousin on some as well. And I remember recording with him, so that brings back memories as well because it's fun mm. uh, and friends. And then we, even later on, we had um, like listeners record lines for the show and send them to me which is really fun it's such a cool thing that you know a little bit of you know organization but it's a fun thing that we got to do but yeah Mm. so it wasn't something you ever had a passion for doing voice whether you sort of got roped into it and you ended up being on most episodes like you and rick (laughs) do most of the voices um yeah but rick's actually good going against rick i did you feel more under pressure because he's like the man of a thousand voices yeah i know (laughs) (laughs) um his tough 
tough cookie to beat. I don't suppose there's any particular voices or episodes you remember having to do. I don't remember any particular voices. I just remember like some were harder than others and having to retake stuff like a lot. <laughs> yeah, I remember a few times it's one of them things. Maybe it's the pressure of me being in the room, which is why actually in the end I left Rick to record his own lines. I gave him his own recording stuff, but mm. you were sort of using my recording stuff so I'm there. And then I'll be like, no, do it again. No, do it again. And then you'd get like a, a reading in your head, which is not you get like stuck. what I was after. And you would do it again and again and again in that same like tone. same pattern. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to just like snap you out of it. It's really hard to, when, as someone who <laughs> has like no idea what I'm doing, um, really hard to self-assess and like snap yourself out of like that same cadence like same cadence same cadence, yeah. same cadence i mean i like... don't think i'm not a very good like teacher at all either so i'm just like no do it like this <laughs> and when i hear whenever i listen back to my um notes like the, the the instruction i'm giving you when i listen back to this i was like yeah my instruction was rubbish how did i ever <laughs> get there <laughs> yeah it's not my forte but um yeah yeah it was good fun but uh, yeah, do you have any other memories of the show other than just like pod awards and recording stuff really and doing the artwork, I suppose? Yeah, I guess it's just, um, it's like a snapshot of our of, of our time in our lives because we've been t- like together quite um, a few, a number of years now. Mm. And it's quite nice like when you kind of get in a run of, of um, a five minute and you kind of like feverishly like beaver away and work and then and then and then we have like a break and then it kind of really like benchmarks kind of some poignant times in our in our time together when i was between jobs and working on it i had more time and that was really like a production line going on like recording today and i'm editing and i'm creating Mm. sound effects and i had a real production line because it was kept me busy and also when we lived in vienna yeah, oh yeah, bringing all my recording equipment over to Vienna and, and the episodes are recorded there. I remember trying to set up like a little sound booth because the acoustics mm. were terrible in that flat. We lived there for, we were in Vienna for a few months and I remember um, it's one of the only times we've ever actually got a carry-on luggage and we had a big suitcase between the two of us <laughs> and over half of it was your recording yeah, equipment. Yeah. So we had half, like a quarter of this massive suitcase each for over a month. But that first one I did there was the Headless Horseman one. Um, yeah. And that's actually, I put together, that's the one that won the award for Podcast Awards. And also I put together the sampler for the Podcast Awards in that flat as mm. well. So it brings back those memories as well, which is really cool. I think that's the thing I like. I don't really go, I'm going to just drop this bombshell, but I don't go back and listen to them. No. <laughs> um, I, I, as much as I'm involved in your podcasting, I'm not a fan of podcasts myself. I don't listen to any on a no. regular basis. But um, I just remember it as, yeah, like real kind of like benchmark of times and when i think back to those it's kind of like really um memorable Mm. um which is interesting isn't it how how sound as well like everybody says music kind of like instills um like memories in you and kind of like triggers that and i feel like this is a similar kind of thing and we both do lots of creative stuff kind of very separate to each other mm. we're both like um getting involved in different creative endeavors and this is one of the few creative things that there was an element that we sort of worked together on a little yeah, bit yeah i really enjoyed it because um, i think we work well together doing this kind of stuff oh well i should have said we should have <laughs> done other projects together uh but yeah it was fun to work on the project and now it's come to an end I'm sure you're incredibly sad to not have to um, drop everything and record voices for me. (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't know. It's not, it's not, never, never say never. Yeah, I know Rick said that, but <laughs> I have a lot on my plate. I know, but I think, you know, maybe there's a, um, I know you're keen to get onto like different projects and like mm. explore different avenues and, and you've got quite a lot of stuff kind of like in the pipeline, but maybe, um, there's room to like cycle back to stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's ones I never got to do, but also I have less free time with like work and studies and stuff Mm. now. Yeah, maybe, maybe one day. But uh, well, it's not going anywhere, is it? No, and it's always there for people to listen to. So um, yeah, I thought it'd be nice to have you on. So thanks uh, for joining me for this final episode. (laughs) Very, it's very formal considering you're just going to go and sit on the sofa and since we're recording this. Um, But yeah, thanks for joining me. Thanks for being part of the show, and uh, thanks for helping. Thanks for making it. (laughs) (laughs) When I first started the show, I was perhaps a little naive in uh, how easy it would be to get all the voice acting I wanted on the stories. The first episode I worked on was The Anku, which I spent a long, long time making. And when it was all finished, I listened to it and was not happy. I didn't know who to ask for voices, so did them all myself on that one. And I didn't want it to be the first episode, as I didn't think it would set the right impression. I eventually tweaked it a little bit and released it as episode three because I didn't want to throw it out entirely, but it's still probably the roughest episode. So when I put Anku aside, initially I started working on the Selkie episode and had recently met someone who had been doing some broad uh, Scottish accents um, in a gathering. So I asked him to record a voice for me. And little did either of us know at the time that he would go on to be my regular voice man and appear on nearly every episode. And that's Rick Dove. So I'm going to have a talk with him now. Right. Um, so hi, Rick. I'm with Rick. Hello. I'm here. <laughs> and long time uh, Five Minute Folklore listeners might not even recognise your regular voice, Rick. No, no, not if, not if they've just been listening to this one show. It, it does feel weird doing a five-minute folklore where I'm just talking in my normal voice. I'm not used to it. Yeah, it's a little bit of a treat for everyone, I hope. Um, oh, God. <laughs> the dulcet tones of Rick Dove. Because this is the last episode, um, I just thought it might be nice to talk to you and have Rebecca on the same episode as well. Um, just a little bit about our history of the pod and us working on the pod together and stuff. So first of all, Rick, how did we meet? God, so um, I had finally plucked up the courage to get into the world of D&D after watching some uh, some bits and bobs online for a little while. And I took to Reddit, and I think I found it was an, an older post of yours. It was and a really old one, yeah. Yeah, I ended up dropping you a message, and we sort of exchanged a few bits, and we started looking for a DM, and eventually got one group together, which then fell apart after the first session. Then we found <laughs> the other lot, and yeah, we just f- fell into... To play in D&D together. And that was back yeah. in, what, 2017, I think it was? Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. And I remember the first character you played was like <laughs> a like a, a Scotsman. I a remember. Burly, burly Scotsman. Yeah. And Quoth Bottle. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, oh, that's perfect because I'm doing an episode I'd already done an uh, episode about French folklore that I wasn't happy with, so I was mm. going to work on it and push it back. So I was working on a new first episode, and I decided on um, this Scottish folklore. Selkies, and, yeah. Yeah, that's it. And then hearing you do that, I was like, oh, that'd be perfect. So I was like, you know, a bit of a weird question, 
but can I meet up with you and just record you in your garage talking in your Scotch <laughs> Scotch accent? Yeah, and the thing is, like, it's something I'd always kind of wanted to do because I've 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 been doing accents since I was like sort of three four years old. It all started right. with an Iron Brew advert. Because there, there was this, there was this one line where at the end this voice comes on and it's when it's made in Scotland from girders, and so I was this little. <laughs> I remember that knee high lad. I was one of the going, oh, it's made in Scotland from girders, and all the adults used to sort of giggle away at it. So I, I kind of got into my accents because it made people laugh, and then I started picking up other things like you know you just sort of hear Australian from the Foster's adverts, and then sort of Irish yeah. accents, Northern West Country, Birmingham, whatever, and it just becomes this nice little melting pot of just fun accents, and I've always enjoyed doing them. For American listeners, Iron Brew is a uh, Scottish <laughs> Scottish Acid. soft drink. Yeah, it's a fizzy drink. I don't really know what flavour it is. Gerda flavour. Yeah, that's about right, yeah. And I thought it's a cliche that like Iron Brew is everywhere in Scotland. And I recently got back from Scotland and there was Iron Brew everywhere. It's amazing. I, I used to live yeah. in Scotland and uh, I used to buy it in glass one litre bottles. And we used to get, I think it was five or ten P back when we took the bottle back to the shop. Oh, lovely. Yeah. The good old Bargain. days, eh? Yeah, I know. When I was a lad. <laughs> so we recorded the the bits for that first um, that Scotland episode, and um, at the end of it, you said to me, "Oh, if you want me to do any other voices, get in contact." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, yeah, that might help." You know, I might need the odd voice because you know, crazily, when I first started the project, I was like, oh, "I'll have different people on every episode. I'll track down." And I was like, as soon as I started recording, I said to Becca, "I was like." You know, thank God I met Rick because trying to track down other people to do voices is impossible. <laughs> it's, it's the it's the range of stuff though that I, that I absolutely loved what you threw at me. Like so yeah, we we started with selkies and then we did the um oh what's the next one? I think it it's like was, was it Norwegian or something like it was uh, the Swedish one, yeah, H- Holdera or something. Yeah, Holdera. Oh. Yeah. yeah, and so you know, sort of trying to workshop the accents with that in my own time. Because I'm a sad sod. Like when I'm driving in the car, I practice doing these weird voices because it all ties into my D and D. Because yeah. yeah, I'm running. I'm running a campaign at the moment. I'm, I'm a DM, so I've constantly got to pluck voices out of nowhere. So I just sit there, just talking to myself like some sort of nutcase. But I really enjoy picking out these different voices. And then the the first one that I loved that was a, like quite a challenge was the Wendigo. Right, yeah. So that's like episode four, I think. Yeah. The third was the French one, which you went on, which I had reworked, and Ah. then I got you back in for number four. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that was a cool because trying to trying to like find out the voice of the Wendigo because yeah I've, I've played games where you had Wendigos and stuff like that and they're always just sort of like these mindless creatures but trying to like put a voice to one it's like where do you start with that and I thought you know it sounded like it was hungry so it's going to be sorry it's coming for these guys so you know it's going to have some of this sort of creepiness about it and you know, <laughs> the voice just kind of emerges over time until you finally got something and you're sort of adjusting the the sort of tempo like the. Just the, the 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 bass the pitch everything about it just to try and dial it in and eventually you get something you like i would always i used to like saying to you well i'm working on folklore from this country to give you some sort of an idea like oh the next one i think is going to be you know russian or whatever mm. and uh so it would give you some sort of idea but then i used to sometimes when i was writing it I uh, make myself laugh at your like thinking of your reaction to getting the script and seeing the lines you had and, <laughs> and I, I must admit like as it went on it got sillier like I, when I was doing the Dracula stuff I was really enjoying thinking like Rick's gonna like these lines when he gets some of the stuff 
I loved being Dracula. It was just so much fun. Of course, you got to do the big booming voice. I feel like you must, right? It's, it's the it's dream so role. Campy. It's great. Well, the other favorite bit I always had was when I'd get your recordings back because you were just because I used to at the beginning I used to go over. <laughs> to yours and uh, record yeah. with you and just give you notes and then in the end I was like I don't he, he's got this I don't need this so I, I gave you like spare mic and all this stuff and said yeah go for it I'll just email you the stuff over and then I would get your file back yeah and I used to love go because you would just send me the whole raw file of all your takes <laughs> and your comments in between the takes and stuff and you are being unhappy with certain takes and that was always really really enjoyable to listen to there, there was a lot of swearing <laughs> yeah when I'm listening through and I'm laughing in my headphones Becca's always like what are you listening to and I'm like oh I got the new Rick file <laughs> 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 I might play her some of the highlights you know <laughs> yeah. uh, you know what? I, was, I, was, I listened back to a couple um just in sort of preparation for this and and what caught me was like how i've kind of evolved over time and what i'm able to do range wise because i was listening mm-hmm. to the captain storm along one right and and i heard myself and I, I i think on that one i try to do an evolution so you can hear him when he's a little bit younger and then he ages oh, a little right, bit yeah. and then he's like older and you know he's a little bit gruffer but i was still doing it so it was like this like my regular voice but now if i was to, to tackle it you know it would be coming from here it'd be something a bit more powerful because it's captain storm along Mm. you know and i just it's that range that has sort of been pulled out over time and i'd love to go back and do some of the old recordings again i think that's the same of any project i mean i i would say that i even about any of any of the podcasts and stuff i've worked on when i look at the early episodes and and see how they sort of evolve it's always like how you would go back and do things differently but Mm. yeah um but yeah eventually uh I moved away and you moved away and I carried on recording and mm. yeah, it was no problem because we'd already sort of established that like recording remotely thing. So it was just, yeah, business as usual. But the exciting thing was uh, about a year into the podcast, I got nominated for the British Podcast Awards. You certainly did. Yeah. Which was really fun. And we got to go to the big ceremony in London. We did. We did. Rick, what do you remember of that ceremony? I remember um, the Land Rover podcast just everywhere. And I remember being very annoyed with the Land oh, yeah. Rover podcast. And I may have shouted fix a little bit too loud at the end. <laughs> we did get some, some looks. We, we, the thing we is, we had, we had already had a few drinks. Uh, it was an yeah. open bar. So thanks, Acast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So yeah, we had a few drinks before we went in there. Um, I think it was like what, three old fashions, something like that. And then as soon as we got in there, you had, you pulled a bottle of wine from. It's like you magicked out of thin air, and yeah, no comment. Yeah, it was um, it was a fun evening. I think I went with um, sort of amazed that I'd been nominated for something that I'd done in you know, not at then as my girlfriend's parents' spare room. <laughs> um, <laughs> So it was amazing. I didn't think we would win, and we didn't. Land Rover won, as Rick already alluded to. Yes, uh, but it was amazing to be there, like one of five nominated in the in the fiction category, and it was a really, really fun night, and it felt like a celebration. It was phenomenal, yeah, and it was really yeah. weird seeing some of the celebrities that were in the room. It just really surprised me looking around. Like I think I think I spoke to is it Josh Widdicombe? Yeah, I don't. I think it mate, was. I don't remember. <laughs> there, 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 there was one guy there, and uh, I. Uh, 
he, he was in the film Four Lions, and he's been in a few other bits that I right. watched. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, which is funny because I walked up to him. I called him the wrong name. <laughs> he, he still shook my hand. He smiled as a, like a gent. And I did, you know, I mentioned the right film that he was in at least, but I walked away and it was only afterwards where you like, are you sure that's him, Rick? And I was like, <laughs> oh God. And I just wanted the ground to open up. It was terrible. Yeah. So that was an amazing experience. And then, you know, um, eventually... I because uh, I worked with you on, on doing this podcast, I then said, well, you know, my other podcast has been running for years, five years, uh, Weird Tales and the Unexplainable. Mm. And we you, we sort of uh, sort of grandfathered you into, <laughs> into that. <laughs> and you sort of became the fourth member uh, appearing once a series to re get like we, that was you said about um, looking at your early episodes. That's mm. kind of what the episodes I do with you for Weird Tales are, where something that I think we covered early on in the show, because it had been running for so long that I wanted to revisit, we didn't go into enough depth, and I thought I'll be good to do that with someone who's got a different viewpoint rather than me and the regular hosts just going over it again. I'll do it with someone else. And it gives us all a bit of breathing room as well for the other guys to get their episodes ready. So, And that's been really successful and popular as well. So they're really fun, different episodes. And you've sort of become a part of that show as well. Yeah, that 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 was like it's been a real privilege for me doing that because I I started listening to Weird Tales as soon as I met you, as soon as you told me about it because it just it rings all of my bells. I'm into the the strange, the bizarre, the occult, the weird. Um, bit of a skeptic, but hey, you know that's that's something hey, for a different time. So am I. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like when, when you asked me to, to do that, I was actually really quite touched. It was like I'd made it to the big leagues. I felt so happy. And uh, just, you know, just been out to collaborate on more projects. It's been great because it's always a pleasure working with you. It's just so simple and fun. Something you may, um, I keep forgetting to tell you, but you may like this. Um, we get quite a lot of emails to Weird Tales. Um, mm. The listenership to that show is very vocal. And um, normally we get like, hi, Weird Tales or hi, Bob, because they know I'm the one reading them. Or mm. sometimes it's hi Bob Beef and Tiss, and a, now we're getting a few hi Bob Beef Tiss and Ricks. Ooh! So you're getting in the email strings for uh, some of the listeners to that I, show. I, now. I, I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. Thought, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm like a background character, man. You know, I'm like an extra. Like I'm not. I'm not one of the Beatles. <laughs> wow. Um, so yeah, those episodes become really popular, and um, yeah, it's so. So you said 2017, we we started collaborating on on five minutes now 2021 yeah so you know a few years on and uh still going strong sadly this show i just don't have time for anymore but yeah the the weird tale stuff there's no stopping it yeah d- doing this has, has been an absolute pleasure because it's been an interesting challenge and it, it, it's brought up a few interesting points for me because yeah i obviously discovered there's some accents that i just won't do um and there's some yeah. that i shouldn't have done um I, I i did a south african one uh, i think it was the tick balang or something like that uh the groot slang groot slang that's it yeah that's it and I butchered that accent. Jesus Christ. That's I, I the one you're least happy file. with. Oh, I, like, I, I want to just die when I hear that. It just sounds terrible. It was it was a caricature of a South African accent. It sounded terrible. I've never had a complaint for that one, if it's well, any that's consolation. Good. That's good. You probably will now if uh, people catch yeah. this at the end. Like, oh, whilst I'm at it. <laughs> <laughs> he raises a good point. But, you know, st- st- stuff like the... Um, like you know, uh, stuff like Philippines accents and things like that. Mm. There's um, th- there's a bit of a line, I think. I think you have to be 
careful when it comes to to certain cultures because it can seem like you're overstepping a line and yeah. you know maybe sort of bordering on racist. But I, I I'd like people to know that any of the accents that I've done have only ever been with the deepest respect, even when it's been silly stuff. You know, like when we did that one that sounded kind of like a Mexican teleplay. Yeah, you no, know, where it was like Maria, why do you do this to me? You know, it's it's done with love. I'm, I'm. It's a homage to those things that are out there. And we actually we had a complaint, didn't we? For that one, yeah, we did. I just, and it, I was kind of upset because it was just in jest, mm. but and yeah. I absolutely adore Mexican folklore mm. and you know culture and everything. So uh, I was kind of sad that I kind of got that complaint, but um, you know we don't really get many. We didn't, I didn't have many complaints over the run of the show. No, no, I, I, I think that particular one trying to trying to call us out for cultural appropriation was yeah. uh, was a bit beyond the pale for me. It was a bit sillier. Yeah. than some of the others maybe it was but there was there was nothing nasty meant about it. we're not trying to appropriate no. anyone's culture if anything it's a homage and it's to sort of bring trying to bring interesting stories to people who might not otherwise be exposed to them well that's that's the that was the intention of the show um yeah. but yeah so rick just to cap it off you've already mentioned the wendigo one mm. um do you have any favorite memories voices episodes <laughs> Oh, um, doing Russian accents is always fun, you know, because yeah. it is just so easy. It rolls off the tongue. It's, it's a good one, but not, not it, my favourite. Um, that was kind of a bit. That was a that was a real popular early one as well. That um, it was Koshe Koshe the Death. The death that's was the it? one. Yeah, that, that I enjoyed doing that one. Um, yeah, that was a really popular one. I. I I think it probably was that Mexican teleplay one I enjoyed the most. We had a lot of fun it's with it. It's the that. most hammy, yeah. It really was. Good to yeah. ham it up. Um, the the Strigori one as well, where I, where I got to be Dracula. Like, I, oh, I, did, yeah. I did really enjoy that. That felt like uh, felt like quite a good one. Yeah. I mean, that's one of my faves. The, the Dracula one was one of my faves because I just love Dracula stuff. And I really like... Um, well, the Headless Horseman one... Um, is the one that got us the nomination for mm. the pod awards so that was always like dear to my heart because i was like yeah. that's the one they picked yeah because that one surprised me because uh, when it was saying like it's part of irish folklore that uh took me by surprise well it was kind of a uh, mix because we had the german one and the yeah. irish one it was yeah so i think that's because that was quite a var- varied episode i think that might be the one that pushed that for getting the nomination i didn't do a german accent did i i don't remember doing that <laughs> i don't remember <laughs> if i did i'm sorry <laughs> Well, thanks, yeah, it's, Rick. It's, it's, it's been so much fun doing it, mate. And to, to be honest, I'm, I'm going to miss the little challenges of you going, right, sound like this. Because it's yeah. been so much fun getting those those emails and going, right, let's get stuck in. And hey, um, a, a massive, massive thank you to all of you listeners. Um, anyone who's who's stuck around to listen to this or has picked this up after the fact, really appreciate you sticking with the show. Um, it's been so much fun to do it and a real pleasure entertaining all of you, hopefully. Yeah, thanks so much, Rick. And I'm sure the listeners enjoyed trying to pick out which lines were yours every every episode. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, um, to, to anyone out there who might uh, be in need of a voice actor for a project, uh, I don't charge anything. I do stuff for funsies. And if you've got anything interesting you want me to do, uh, drop uh, Bob a message at his usuals, which will probably come up at the end of the show. Yeah, so do it. If you want to get in contact, all the information will be at the end of the episode. So uh, do that. So thanks again, Rick. It's been a really fun project to work on with you. And um, I'm sad to see it come to the end because there's so many ones that I would have loved to cover in the future and some that I would just love to have heard what you would have done with. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you ever get the, the itch to do it again, you know where to find me. 
as well as Rick and Rebecca, it was fun to include other voices on lots of the episodes too. I had friends appear to do voices on some, including my Weird Tales and the Unexplainable co-hosts, Beef and Tiss, family members like my cousin James, who was on a few, and even some listeners who recorded their lines remotely and sent them to me, which was really a lot of fun um, to get those emails and, and recordings. But most important to me is that the Momotaro episode and the Wendigo episode feature a few small lines recorded by my grandfather, Malcolm Scheuer, who has since passed away. The ability to hear his voice on those episodes and the memories of laughing with him and my cousin as we recorded is something very special to me. So thanks to everyone who recorded and contributed or helped with research if I was covering a story from their country or attempting to improve my pronunciation like Swedish listener Alice who I ended up meeting up with in Stockholm and especially a huge thank you to all of you who listened. Thank you. This is a very special and personal project for me. So that's it. I'm glad I could give this podcast a proper send off with this episode. You can still contact me via the email 5minutefolklore at gmail.com or through the website 5minutefolklore.com. And I do still work on other podcasts, so you can go to my website bobshoy.com, B-O-B-S-H-O-Y.com, to see other things I work on. If you have enjoyed this show, you may not have heard the three bonus mini-episodes I made as well, and you can purchase them for a reasonable price at bobshoy.bandcamp.com, B-O-B-S-H-O-Y.bandcamp.com. There are episodes on Kelpies, John Henry, and Gargoyles, bundled up in an album called FMF Extra. Finally, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Bob Shoy, that's at B-O-B-S-H-O-Y, to see what I'm up to and interact with me if you like. So that's all for 5 Minute Folklore for now, and probably ever. I doubt there will be any more, but never say never. Maybe one day I'll return and finish covering a folklore from every country in the world, as I had originally intended to do. Until then, thank you again for listening, and goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.